0: are always people who will be nervous about about it about failing about writing about not doing it correctly but i think it's ironic because that's what students go through yeah you know <laughs> right oh my god they're on to us <laughs> <laughs> So it's like, <laughs> okay. it's okay, uh-huh. it's okay, and if you don't get the grant, just call, I swear to yeah. you, you can call me. We'll walk you through what happened, we'll have a little coffee, mm-hmm. we'll talk about it, we'll, we'll help you make a plan for how to how to do it again. It's not the end of the world, and we want you to join us on this journey because it's important stuff.
1: Welcome to Rotten Apples, where we share the best ideas in education. Whether it's learning space design, restorative practice, or simply teacher self-care, we're learning from the experts who cut through the BS and find out what's really working and what's not in our classrooms and schools, making St. Louis home to the best educators in practice today. You can totally hear the excitement in my voice in this podcast this week when I talked to Charmaine Smith. So who wants to take home some money? You know, everybody needs something for their classroom related to technology and innovation. And my interview this week is with Charmaine Smith, who's the executive director of the Innovation Technology Education Fund here in St. Louis. If you have never heard of this organization before, today is your lucky day as i you can kind of hear from the whole conversation i just love chatting with her she's so exciting and important and you know i think for a lot of people they want to just jump right in and they want to know where's the money What do I need to do to get the money? You know, what hopes do I need to jump through? And they don't always want to hear the background story of the organization or the people who are behind it. And this is why that's a huge mistake. So, this is not a long interview, it's only about 25, 30 minutes tops. And you get to know a lot about Charmaine and uh, ITEF and how they're organized, how they're structured, because that is really important. That is, if you understand the mission and the purpose of what they're trying to do, then you can understand if your vision lines up with theirs, and so that you can actually pitch something that they are going to be really excited about, that you're going to be thrilled to have funded, and to really take your practice to the next level. So here we go. Okay, everybody, today I'm here with Charmaine Smith of ITEF. Charmaine, I'm so excited to have you here. I've been thinking about it all morning. Oh,
0: that's really nice. I've
1: been crushing on it a little bit, I'll be honest. (laughs) Because I've thought about this for, so we've had like a month that we had this scheduled. That's right, that's right. So what what was kind of exciting for me was to talk about... You know, because I I know a lot about what you do at Mm -hmm. ITEF, Mm -hmm. but I don't know a whole lot about what got you to this place and, you know, kind of how you personally approach your work. And um, one of the things that I I told everybody at the beginning is how, like, you have one of the coolest jobs that I think I've ever heard of. You know, it's, sure it's true. I'm sure it's not great all day, every day.
0: I, I do have a pretty cool job. You
1: do. You do. Yeah. So how about we go ahead and start off with why sure. don't you just share a little bit about yourself? Um, what kind of professional, personal experiences brought you to this place and what's your connection to the region?
0: Wow. Okay. So I, I'm going to go backwards. Um, my connection to the region is in nineteen eighty seven, I jumped in my Ford tempo and drove from Wichita, Kansas with all of my worldly possessions and came here to run a an organization that supported people with disabilities. And I ran that for fifteen years and then started a nonprofit. Um, and that required a lot of heart and fundraising. And I mean, mm-hmm. That part is tough when you have to when you have to essentially solicit uh, financing to fund the mission of something you believe in, and that gets it gets exhausting. So my heart goes out to all the people who support nonprofits through fundraising. Mm-hmm. Um, and here I am at uh, the Innovative Technology Education Fund, bringing educators who who want to innovate who need to innovate not only their teaching but the learning for students and that is you're right it is the coolest job ever
1: yeah i mean yeah. i'm sure it's because you're right fundraising is not an easy thing trying to get <laughs> yeah trying to get people who do not particularly do not understand an industry but have access to funds mm. and so it's like trying to get them to understand right. the impact in a way that they can feel and see That right. is like a weird skill set that I think a lot of people in education don't really have
0: right. So. right. Well, and i'm I'm grateful that we don't have to fundraise. So what we can really focus on is how to best serve educators, how to best help them, um, not only elevate their practice, but invite kids into this new headspace of innovation, technology, learning, and thinking.
1: Yeah, and when your time is not sucked up with fundraising, you can focus on that's those correct. things. That's correct. And it, I mean, it yeah. is a
0: time sucker. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And that's it's a complicated issue because there's so much baggage that goes with fundraising, mm-hmm. but that's a whole different conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll save that for another podcast. Yes, question. let's do. Let's do. Because
1: we'll need to. I yeah. We'll probably need to cover that at some point.
0: At some point. So
1: why don't you tell us a little bit about what is ITEF and how did it actually get started? So...
0: The Innovative Technology Education Fund is a 501c3 or a nonprofit that makes grants to schools K through 12 that use technology in innovative ways. So we got started in 1986 because in, in back in the bad old days, we were an educational broadcasting. Uh, entities So we provided those, you know, those late night educational uh, television stations. Yeah. What
1: was that called? I, it sounds it was high tech. That's it. Okay. Yeah. I way it right. Way back in the day. Way I, back in the day. I'm old, I'm old enough to remember. Right. <laughs> but the I remember cool that. thing was,
0: and 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 this is what I think is so cool about my industry, is that evolution has occurred. Mm. So we had to evolve and become something. A little different we had to adapt right we could a a television station was no longer relevant we had to adjust to this digital age Mm -hmm. and become relevant to people who used podcasts and the internet and um, and so that's I I think that's how we got here Mm -hmm. and um, we have access to a broadband signal and that's how we generate the money that we grant to schools and educational institutions. Mm. So, okay. it's pretty neat. We got in at a wonderful time. Uh, the FCC has just decided that educational broadband is really not going to be a thing going forward, that that is no more. Mm-hmm. So, we are, gonna, we are gonna hang in there, and we are gonna make grants, and we're gonna support uh, public, private, parochial, and charter education with all of our heart and soul because we believe in it.
1: Yeah, and that's great. You know, I'm glad that you mentioned that there are so many different divisions of education that benefit from this. Right. Because I think a lot of people teaching on the charter or the private side, a parochial side of it, might often feel excluded. You know, from those things. That right. a lot of those grants are really specifically tailored to, you know, public schools and right. usually high need schools. And you guys kind of run across the board. Right. Right. Now.
0: We we try to. I mean, it's difficult. We try to sift through and figure out who's doing stuff that's really innovative or who has the capacity to do innovative stuff, and then we try to shove them into the space.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and
0: we have a lot of ways to do that, so we can we can talk about that. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. So it's great that the organization itself has evolved as, yeah. you know, different things have happened. So if you can think back to the earliest projects and proposals and things that were funded, like how has that evolved? Because even just in the last few years of me watching that, I can see the things that teachers are doing that are just... Completely different, you know, Mm. than they were even just a few years ago. So how have the projects evolved over time? Wow Well, you know, what's
0: interesting? So I, I think there are as you know, there are trends and there are shifts in learning and in and in teaching so when I first came to ITEF makerspaces were the thing but there were always some outliers. There were always people that wanted to do stuff like using iMovie to create these uh, stop uh, motion animated mm-hmm. videos, right? Mm-hmm. There were always people who were interested in, hey, how do how do yeah. we use these different d- devices that measure gait or measure wind flow or measure sunlight to teach kids about weather and climate change? and And so, there have always been outliers, but there have always been people that are a little more mainstream in their innovative thinking who who um, got excited about maker spaces, who got excited about studios, just like the one we're in. Mm-hmm. And what would happen if you brought young learners into a studio like this and let them create a podcast or uh, some kind of television station, that kind of thing. So um, I think part of the challenge is... It's it's a new frontier. It's like the wild west, you know. People mm-hmm. people just go where they go, and then they they land someplace, and they say, hey, maybe this will work here. Mm-hmm. And and that's what we're we're doing. We're waiting to see what the pioneers figure out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's interesting because you seem to have some people that are. Not quite as far on the innovative side of things; they're a little bit more mainstream. And then you've got other people who are doing crazy things. And I didn't mention too; we're in the creative experience right now at yes! the St. Louis City Library, yes, so yeah, always so been having you know fun looking at that all morning because it's a, it's really an incredible uh, public space. And a lot of these libraries have you know similar things like this. So for right. people who are anybody's getting into podcasting or um, record, this is a recording studio. So a lot of people create music. A lot of schools are trying you know those right. kinds of things in their own spaces. They're right. making green screens and yes. you know, trying to get yes. kids to create. So.
0: And, it's, and you know I, I do want to say with your reference about the, the space that we're in and just kind of the evolution of innovative teaching and learning, it's also the space. That's exciting because when I was looking around in the children's uh, library, they've got these cool, uh, as you know, fabric covered pods that you can climb in, climb on, read in. Uh, just think mm-hmm. and uh, all of the furniture is you can lay down If you're a little person you can sit you can crawl you can crawl over and torture your brother <laughs> You know, it's 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 neat because it's not just desks. It's not just hard wooden chairs These spaces invite learning and thinking and creating and that's what's so cool If I were a kid mm-hmm. I would be all over that
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And some of those, and it, so guys, you need, I'll link the um, library website, because if you've never been down here, you need to get over here. It's really, if you're looking at anything related to learning space design, this is a really fun place to go. And But even though the focus is technology supported innovation, some of the little spaces around here are great for a way to separate from that and to just get yeah. into something that's low tech. And that, so there, it's always about having a balance you know, to. But it's kind of really high tech and low tech. It is, right? It is, both of them are. <laughs> they are in a really kind yeah. of strange sort of way. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of neat. Yeah. So ITEF, when I first encountered the organization, I think it had for the most part just one like really big set of grants that wow. manifested in the yeah. Art of the Possible event in yeah. spring. Yeah. And now you do a lot of other things. So can you walk us through all of the different opportunities that teachers have to find grants with you?
0: Yes. So I like to think of our grant making uh, analogous to maybe shoes. Mm -hmm. Uh, They each have a different function and a different feel and a different purpose. So um, our first grant, our oldest grant, our kind of foundational grant is the Innovators Grant. That grant averages about $51,000. Uh, a grant cycle. We make about four to six grants a year and that's the that's the grant where we ask you to bring it, bring your most innovative thinking, your most innovative uh, solution mm-hmm. to learning. How do you transport kids into the next century of thinking and learning and problem solving and failing? How do, how do you bring all those things together and the creative space? Mm-hmm. Uh, to to create this cool environment for learning so that's one that's the innovators grant but the truth is I think what we've learned is that not everybody's ready for that grant doesn't mean they're not innovative it just means they're not there yet Mm -hmm. so we created lean into learning lean into learning is about professional development for educators Mm -hmm. and uh, that professional development grant is uh, caps out at $4,000, the cycle opens June 1, and it goes until the money runs out. And yep. so that, unfortunately, is usually around mid-July or the end of July. It goes fast. Um, and we're not so interested in micromanaging where you go, but we are interested that you go with another educator, go on a team, go with someone that you that you like to spend time with or maybe that you don't even know someone who shares your passion for for something go learn create a team uh, and then come back and write the innovators grant Mm -hmm. if you can't do the PD grant because you don't have the basic tools and when I say basic tools I'm not talking about alienware gaming equipment I'm not talking about cameras I'm talking about if your school or classroom does not have Chromebooks, iPads, uh, Pro MacBook Pros, whatever you use for teaching and learning. If you don't have a charging cart, mm-hmm. that's what Catapult is about. The Catapult grant is to give you the basics so that you can start doing your innovative thinking, so that kids can start doing innovative learning. So those are our, our three current categories mm-hmm. and the Catapult grant is open right now. And it closes Ooh, okay. on Halloween. Which oh, is, my gosh. Yeah. Fast. <laughs> <laughs> but, it's, but it's a really simple okay. thing. It's either, it's basic. There's no, there shouldn't be a lot of thinking. It's, oh, my gosh, we need 25 Chromebooks and a card. Yeah. And then get in there, go to our website, find the link, and write the grant. Yeah.
1: So things that... Everybody has been complaining about not having it in a school, you know, for a long time. They should have that list memorized by now, right? Right, Right. sadly. And, yeah,
0: yeah, so we have these, so, and it's neat because it's like a little, it's like a pathway. You get the stuff that you need to to start thinking. You can relax about, oh my gosh, we don't even have the basics. You can, you get the basics, then you go to PD, you -hmm. form your team, you start thinking about what's the next level of learning I want to do, want kids
1: to do. Yeah, so, and that's great because I think that you're right. The the really big, well, I'm sorry, what was the really big grant called again? The Innovators Grant. The Innovators grant. grant, okay. So the Innovators Grant can seem really intimidating to people. It's a, you know, they ha- you have to get creative. You have to think about it. You have to really find a way to, you know, make something dynamic and exciting and not everybody's there. And so now it seems like with Catapult, it's just the real, you know, the real basic, what do you need in order to really do your job somewhat effectively, you right. know? Stuff that frankly, you know, or schools should be providing, but you know they don't always. And then there's that next level up where it's you know the lean into learning, and I love the idea of partnering, you know, with people and right. collaborating because that's where you can kind of get your toes. You know, a little wet in the lake there, and yeah, so yeah, there's that, and then that gives you a comfort level, and then you can kind of move on, and it gives you some time to think a little bit more clearly about what you want. That's right. Yeah. That's
0: right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we're,
0: you know, we just want we want to make it easy. We're not trying to make it harder. We're trying to make it easier for Mm -hmm. educators not only to adapt to the future, but to get ready for the future.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So for teachers who get very intimidated by the grant writing process. Says. they don't really have to feel that way you know when they look no. at this there are all kinds of different levels that they can look at
0: it's true and I and I there, there are always people who will be nervous about about it about failing about writing about not doing it correctly but I think it's ironic because that's what students go through yeah <laughs>
1: You know? <laughs> right? Oh my God. They're on to us. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, okay. it's okay. Uh-huh. It's okay. And if you
0: don't get the grant, just call. I swear to yeah. you, you can call me. <laughs> we'll walk you through what happened. We'll have a little coffee. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about it. We'll, we'll help you make a plan for how to, how to do it again. Mm-hmm. It's not the end of the world. And we want you to join us on this journey because it's important stuff. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. It's important. There are always people who will be nervous about, about it, about failing, about writing, about not doing it correctly. But I think it's ironic because that's what students go through. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right? Oh, my God.
1: They're on to us. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> So it's like, okay. it's okay, uh-huh. it's okay, and if you don't get the grant, just call, I swear to yeah. you, you can call me. <laughs> we'll walk you through what happened, we'll have a little coffee, mm-hmm. we'll talk about it, we'll ha- we'll help you make a plan for how to how to do it again. Mm-hmm. It's not the end of the world, and we want you to join us on this journey because it's important stuff, yeah. but we're happy to walk, walk you, you through, through it. it, and yeah. it's okay, yeah. we're not judging you, you're not Mm-mm. a failure. No it's it's okay, no. um, because like every other foundation in town, we have a criteria, we have a mission, and if your request goes outside of the mission, yeah. if your request doesn't match what we're trying to accomplish, then it won't get funded, but it's okay. Either you keep trying, or we can maybe help you find someplace else to look for a find grant. a place
1: that works best for yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Because everybody has you're absolutely right. That it doesn't mean that your idea isn't a good one. It just may not be the right fit, but they won't know that for sure until they give you a call and That's find right. out, okay, could I tweak this a little bit to have it make sense for you? Or is there another group that I could go to, you know, right. with this idea?
0: Right. So. But I totally I used to write grants when I had the nonprofit, I had to write grants that in my fundraising days And it's hard not to feel like a failure. It's hard after you spend all that time and all that energy and all that hope, right? That it takes a lot of, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you know, you've got all this invested in it um, and it doesn't work. It's like, oh, you know, and you just, you just want to be done with it. You don't want to talk to the person. Mm
1: -hmm. So,
0: but we want to invite you to rethink that. Yeah. Um, So, yeah.
1: And that's what your kids have to do every time they fail a test. I know! (laughs) And failure happens every day, right?
0: You miss a stoplight or whatever, you just, Mm. it happens all the time. Yeah,
1: yeah. Teachers aren't used to it though. (laughs) (laughs) They need to get better at that, no, for sure. sure. Um, So you mentioned that, uh, is is the broadband signal is where most of your ITF money comes from, right? And so you said that that might be going away. So well not ours. Not okay. ours. Okay. But but the
0: educational broadband spectrum that has been uh-huh. reserved for education is not going to be uh, available okay. going in the future to new to so if so if um, the uh Visio school wanted to uh, apply for some of this space, this broadband space, in order mm-hmm. to, to um, support their campus or whatever, their ginormous campus, they would no longer be able to apply because that space is not going to be reserved for educational use gotcha. in the future. They've decided that it's mm-hmm. better spent on commercial entities uh, so that
1: they can monetize the signal. Got it. Got it. Okay. And so are there any other sources of funding that ITEF gets or is no, that pretty much it? that's it. Yep, that's it. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it. that's it. Yeah. That's enough, right? Yeah, it is. And it's okay. It's okay. We're
0: going to be fine. Okay. Yeah, we're going to
1: be fine. So then this would be something that if teachers are thinking, you know, one years, two years, three years, you know, kind of down the road. Go 15
0: out. 15 out.
1: And that's out. when we okay. have to reapply. Okay. Okay, so, gotcha. So this is a sustainable thats correct source of, of funds for teachers yes. for at least the next 15 Decades. years. Let's, let's say a decade, decade because okay. that's a nice... Okay, yeah. good, yeah, good. It's fine. It's no, it's helpful to know. Yeah, it's fine.
0: Awesome, yeah.
1: great. Okay, so I, I've been in EdTech for a long time, <laughs> you know, and I got into it for a lot of different reasons, but for me it was a far more dynamic way to engage my kids but also a lot of the technology allowed me to teach 130 in a semester and really know what's happening with them know what, what they're learning the analytics started getting really good then I started getting into online learning and the push and the, the number I remember from there were some figures is between like I want to say 2011 and 2015 or so the um, the venture funding into these ed tech companies was tripling every single year. And it was getting, and it, has, it hasn't it has really slowed down. I thought it would have plateaued at that point, but it hasn't. So the spending keeps going up and up and up. And so anytime we start spending a whole lot of money on things, people start asking questions around, you know, is this actually effective? Have we looked at this? And there's been a lot of criticism around technology saying, okay, oh, we spent all of this money and, are our kids really any better, you know, as a result of all of this money? So what are kind of your thoughts around, because you've seen a lot of different projects, some that, you know, I'm sure had were really high impact and some that maybe fell short of what everybody thought they would do. And so what are your thoughts about the relationship between spending and outcomes?
0: Wow. Well, I think it's a necessary question, but here's the thing. I don't know that we know for sure beyond, beyond the immediate learning. How do you know how that bit of learning, how that experience is going to affect that child over the long term, unless you are willing and able to do a longitudinal study? Right. Mm-hmm. So that you can look at that change over time you don't know. Mm-hmm. But here's what you do know and here's what you can tell right away. When kids are excited and they're jazzed about something and they don't want to leave, they want to they want to come in after school, before school, they want to come in at lunch and they want to keep doing whatever it is that they've been challenged to do, I think that to me trumps any kind of Uh, outcomes uh, metric that, that exists to support that particular project Mm -hmm. because I, I, there are, well, let me, let me answer it this way. When I was a kid, uh, there were experiences that I had that were, that were designed to get me to a certain place. I was, I took piano lessons, I took clarinet, I had art lessons and blah, blah, blah. And none of that stuff stuck. None Mm -hmm. of it. But you know what stuck? Mm-hmm. What stuck was um, my social experiences when I had when I was in German club or when I was in on the debate team, it wasn't it wasn't what we were doing. it was what we did together. Mm-hmm. And those are the things I remember. and those are the things, the lessons that I use to kind of that buoy me through my life as an adult. Mm-hmm. So I don't know mm-hmm. uh, about the outcomes because even if you say, well, we want to see how many hours, you know, well, that's great but I don't know if I don't know how how long it's gonna stick with that young learner
1: yeah you know yeah does that make sense sure absolutely and I think that a lot of the projects that I supports are those kinds of exciting right. engaging you know sort of things versus if you invested in like learning management systems or portfolios then you can see that long term stuff but those projects aren't really a part of ITech's portfolio at this point right
0: well, no that's not true I mean no. we did we did some fun kind of portfolio stuff for the kids we did a, a studio for the Rittner school district and from kindergarten to the fifth grade they would make these little videos every year and they created uh-huh. a little port a digital portfolio yeah. that would go with them. Yeah. Um and that one we liked that project yeah um, but I guess it just depends on the I guess it depends on the project. So in terms of software that a la- helps organize learning, I mm-hmm. would say that wouldn't fall within our, um, w- what is innovative uh, parameters. Right. But it might be innovative mm-hmm. for a school that doesn't have it. Mm-hmm. But we we really want, we want to, uh, we're the USS Enterprise of uh, Kind of learning vehicles. We want to explore places where folks haven't gone before, Mm -hmm. because I think that's where the aha comes in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, they they put a bunch of little kids in uh, airplanes. I heard it on the radio yesterday, and they take them up and they let them fly the planes. Of course, they're you know. They're they have support and and guidance god I hope so yeah (laughs) but isn't that neat and so and one little boy he was he was throwing up that didn't work for him but one little boy it turns out is now a pilot he's not a little boy anymore but he's
1: now a pilot Mm
0: -hmm. would that have happened for him had he not had
1: that experience probably not yeah Maybe that's, not for 30 years, anyway. That's know? right. Because learning from a book is not going to get right. you that visceral reaction right. around that sort of thing. Yeah. Even throwing
0: mm-hmm. up is a good lesson. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh wow, I know that doesn't work for me. I don't want to be in the airplane anymore. <laughs> in more ways than many of us can count. Right. <laughs> right. right.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt. Okay, so to kind of wrap up here, what yes. are some of the resources that teachers can go? First of all, what where where's what's the website? Um, What are some things online that they could probably go to that I'll definitely link this up, but where should they go?
0: Well, the first thing is the um, the website is I N-N-O-V-T-E-C-H-E-D dot com and on the website if you look at grants um, You'll see when we have those grant cycles open and you'll also see when the workshops are to come and join us and talk about how to apply for a grant, and how to increase the likelihood that your application is successful. Mm -hmm. We only do those workshops for the Innovators grant. Mm -hmm. But if you need support or help with your Lean Into Learning project, or the Catapult grant, just call. Mm -hmm. But we do have frequently asked questions on the website. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I I would encourage people to come to Art of the Possible. I think it's a a very, uh, I hope, uh, non-intimidating, non-threatening way to come, be with other educators, uh, have a have a drink, have a beverage, have some appetizers, see what the projects were for the previous funding year, and then come and and celebrate with us uh, the folks who got the the big grants
1: and that's usually in the third thursday of april third thursday of april okay yeah Yeah. and i've I've gone to that for several years yeah i promise it's only like a little bit because of the free booze okay like the rest of it (laughs) and and the food (laughs) you know that's just a minor part of it Um, one of the things is it jumps around to different locations in st louis every time and so it's sometimes a, a new event space that I haven't even been to because last year it was at it was Sheldon. It right? was at the Sheldon. Yeah, I've never been down there. So you know, it's funny.
0: This year will be the first year we'll, we're going to repeat a venue and we're going to go back to the Sheldon. Mhm. Um, I just like their vibe. You know, I like yeah. the ballroom and uh, it's a uh, it's just a neat place and and the 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 the, this, the auditorium is perfect for our crowd it fits us right yeah. 300 people it's perfect the stage is beautiful we've all you know we've all i i i hope if you've not seen uh, musicians perform there that you will go because mm-hmm. it is a it is a
1: stunning yeah. place to see live music yeah so yeah it's it's really beautiful but the cool part really is seeing like all of the different groups that won the innovators grant you can see they all have tables set up right. and so you can see you know really clearly what everybody's done there are always kids there who are right. involved in the project because right. as much as I love to talk to the teachers who guided it I want to talk to the kids to tell me honestly like what did they learn and what were about it what didn't work about it you know and there there's always a couple that are a little quiet and then there are a couple that are just will talk your ear off all night it is fun i I do like that
0: part yeah i do like that part you know i will say this really quickly because i know we're kind of wrapping up but um i think that it's it really is about the it's really about the students i i know that the educators do all the heavy lifting i know they're the ones who are on the hook uh, to be accountable for the success or failure of the grant. But um, it's it's the young learners who who really not only benefit from the risk that educators take when they write the grant, but it's the young learners who benefit from being invited to these different spaces to think differently about learning because like this cool space that we're in right now, it doesn't look like the library looked 50 years ago. No. No. And neither does learning. Mm -mm. And so we just, we want to be there to support um, those pioneer educators and come on in, the water's fine, you know. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it really
1: is. It's not intimidating at all. It
0: really is. It really is fine. (laughs)
1: Awesome. Okay, so I'm going to wrap up a little bit. I always do this with every guest to try to get digging a little more and try to understand, you know, kind of who you are as a person. And so the first question that I have is, finish the sentence for me. We'll grow as a region when we.
0: When we can admit that we have a lot of growing to do. Mm-hmm. In a lot of different social spheres, race, gender, sexuality, mm-hmm. we just have to be able to uh, adapt and accept people,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Yeah. And invite everybody in.
1: Yep.
0: Everybody has a seat at the table.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. Do you think we're making progress in that area
0: in the last I few years? I think some or? are, but I think some, some aren't. I think it's yeah. safer to go back in the cave than it is to come out. Yeah. Cause it's a scary world right it is yeah it is
1: but well, we're all together if we just i think we can do yeah. this but mm-hmm. um we're not going backwards you know so <laughs> right the more that you hide in your cave it's like well you can stay there but you're going to be alone and, so. it's and it's dark in there it's <laughs> dark in there nobody wants to be in there so. a cave. <laughs> No, I think um, I had a chat on an earlier episode with Glenn Barnes, and that sucker was probably an hour and a half long. I had to cut way back because we got on that for probably half an hour, you know, all the things. So, yeah, there's a a lot to to talk about there. But I like the fact that you said admit to it. You know, it's just one of those things that a lot of people, I think, before Ferguson just – didn't see or didn't really understand or, and we're at a point now where it's like, okay, it's kind of like climate change. Can we all just please acknowledge that, you know, can we all just say that, yeah, it's probably not likely that all of the different races of St. Louis just like separated themselves, (laughs) you know, that there was probably something else going on. We're teachers, we're smart, you know, we we should be able to figure that out. So yeah, I'm with you. All right. Uh, The first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is...
0: Mm. make a pot of coffee and grab my phone
1: oh yeah you're one of
0: those people <laughs> I am and to be honest it's probably the other way around yeah I probably grab my phone first check the news and then make
1: coffee oh no you're one of those like I'm not even vertical yet and I'm already I, checking my phone. I gotta know
0: what's going on
1: <laughs> oh you and my husband he does the same thing <laughs> Okay. all right what do you think about when you're alone in the car Woo! my,
0: uh, let me just say my imagination is rich. And so it just depends on what kind of headspace I'm in that day. You know, some days I'm planning what I'm going to do when I retire. Some days I'm figuring Mm. out, um, what I need to do when I get home or what I'm going to make for dinner. And some days I'm a thousand miles away on a sailboat in Greece Mm. with a nice bottle of greek chardonnay and uh yeah yeah i'll take c i mean that's (laughs) a little bit more interesting than thinking (laughs) about
1: making for dinner i know i know
0: so yeah it just depends Mm
1: -hmm. yep all right well charman thank you so much for your time today it was wonderful chatting with you
0: thank you amy i really appreciate you inviting
1: me yeah anytime Okay, everyone. I hope you heard something new and useful today. If you want to learn more or have an idea for a future episode of Rotten Apple, just go to EducateSTL.org, where you'll find resources and links from today's chat and fun news and event information for educators all over the STL. Thanks for listening and connecting with all of us Rotten Apples and for doing what you can to get better every single day. See you soon.